Welcome to Motherhood on Tap, the podcast for mamas who laugh their way through the struggles of parenting. I'm Sarah Duncan. And I'm Pamela Walker-Dees. Hey, girl. Hi. Hi. We just started recording, but we just had a good, like... Hour. 30, 30, 40, 60 minute vent sessions. So we're pre just like (sighs) right now. I just unloaded a whole lot of tension. It was needed though. After I drank my drink that I was supposed to have for the show, I've already drank it all. But anyway, I'd say she did some good pre gaming. What did you pre game with? (laughs) Um, a YooHoo laced with whipped cream vodka, Smirnoff vodka. And I'm currently here peer pressuring her just to do a straight up shot of whipped Y'all cream want me vodka. To? Drink, 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 drink while you're pouring that. I <laughs> while you're pouring while, while you're doing that. <laughs> I'm drinking my nice juicy juice strawberry kiwi. I don't really have a measure, delicious. so I'm just going to eyeball it. Sounds like good. Rachel Wary says. What could, go what could go wrong? What could go wrong? Alright. Though my eyeballing is a little more conservative than Sarah's. Sarah's like, that's a shot! Poor, 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 poor. And it's like up to the wine glass level. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Nice. You know, that doesn't burn like regular vodka does, right? That's, that's dangerous. It's got a good kick to it. Straight, <laughs> straight whipped cream. Though it feels like have you ever eaten the whole tub of Cool Whip and then you feel like you have that filmy, filmy that, in the like, mouth? That tingly feeling in your mouth almost, yeah. Yeah, I got that feeling. <laughs> Hold on, I still got like a little tiny sip left. I couldn't do like a full straight shot because I was like, I gotta breathe. I feel like we need to have some kind of Christmas party this year just so I can see you get totally trashed on novelty beverages. Oh yeah, I can totally bring my jingle juice this year and yes. drink. Yes, jingle juice needs to happen. That was, by the way, FYI, if anybody listened to the Christmas episode, that is how I figured out I was pregnant because we got drunk, <laughs> and then the next day I was so freaking hungover, like everything hurt. And the only other time I felt that way was when I got I was pregnant with Sabrina, and I had. I was drinking the night before. And we didn't like, go like crazy two, No, we either. didn't. I had, like... We had, like, two drinks. I had, a, like, two... We had two, like, these little solo plastic cups. Like, the yeah. mini solo... We're not even, like, full red solo cups. And I was like, I'm gonna die. I just... I remember you texting me for, like, the next two days <laughs> of, like, like... Everything hurts. Why does it hurt so bad? And it's like, all that was it was, was like fruit juice and gin and one other alcohol. I mean, it wasn't anything. And that then the I other never... one was like the, the fake uh, orange push-up thing with orange soda and like the whipped cream vodka or something. Oh, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. It was a creamsicle thingy. Yeah. The like creamsicle not, drink. Not it wasn't... super strong. Mm-hmm. And uh, like that stuff I did in college and threw it down and I still could do it. Girl. But mm. I was hurting. And so by like day four, I was like, I'm still hurting. Let me go pee on a stick. <laughs> Surprise! Surprise! So alcohol, like totally, my body was all like, why did you drink? You don't need to be drinking. Body's trying to be like, take this poison out of her. Mm-hmm. But girl, you weren't able to drink at Christmas last year, but you can this year. <laughs> and I'll be able to have like one because I'll be nursing probably. But dang it, I'll enjoy that Pump one. And dump. Pump, Pump and dump. And I'm not nursing, so I can just glug, glug, glug. I'll have to tell Mark. I'll be like, you're the DD. Glug, glug, glug. <laughs> <laughs> the DBF. Designated bottle feeder. Yes. Blah, 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 that blah, too. Because otherwise I'll be like, here, Brianna, here's your bottle. Which, by the way, I still do that if it's oh, 4 a.m. Totally. 
Uh, do we have crap for the internet this week? We do. Okay, sweet. I decided to go the weird route, but sort of like popular myths. Okay. Everybody. I'm, in, so, I'm intrigued. So the first story is about the Loch Ness Monster. <gasps> Nessie. Nessie. Uh, so the... Bef- sorry, before you get into it, are you a believer in the Loch Ness Monster or no? <sighs> I believe something's in there. I don't know if it's like truly a monster monster. I think people have... Yeah, same here. I think people saw something... And we just don't have an actual explanation for what was really seen. But anyway. But this actually refers to a scientist who is trying to figure out what it is. So the title is Scottish Lakes DNA suggests Loch Ness Monster might be a giant eel. Which makes sense. Which kind of creeps me out, but. Let's say someone dredged the lake. (laughs) Um, So a scientist collected DNA um, from the famous Loch Ness is it a lake? Yeah, it's a lake. Uh, might be a giant eel is what they think. So he is Neil Jim. <sighs> He's from New Zealand. So I don't know <laughs> if they would pronounce his last name. Um, Jamel or Jimmel Gumma. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy. Is it um, start with a J or a G? A G. All right. So what was his first name again? Neil. Neil G. Neil G. Yeah. From the University of... Otago in New Zealand. What is with these names? Otago. Otago, there's a Otago. <laughs> Says the project found a surprisingly high amount of eel DNA in the water. I didn't know eel DNA could just be floating in the water. That's that's something. Now he said it's not clear whether this indicates that a gigantic eel or if it's just lots of little ones. I was about to say, there are so many little eels. I don't know which is worse. <laughs> For me, the little eels. Because uh, the big eel you can swim away from. <laughs> swim away! Swim away! Look, krill! Um, he said in a news conference in Scotland that the idea of a giant eel is at least plausible. Oh. Mer. The DNA project found no evidence to support the notion that the monster is a long-necked ancient reptile called a... Plesiosaur. Plesiosaur. Okay. And on record, uh, Loch Ness is the largest and second deepest body of freshwater in the British Isles. Okay. I mainly am curious about this and if my best friend's listening, um, which I might tell her to listen to like the first five minutes so she can hear this because mm-hmm. she is Scott. Now, she's not Scottish, Scottish, but family Scottish. And they uh-huh. actually, her and her sister traveled last fall there and she got to see the Loch Ness Lake and cool. You know, not see anything creepy, but anyway. So my next story is Bigfoot. Oh, even better. Bigfoot's in North Carolina, Sarah. It, tell me more. Tell me more. Okay. So this North Carolina man shares footage of something in the woods and he says it's not just Bigfoot. It's a family of them. Let me guess. It's all blurry. I haven't watched it because I think anything in the woods like that is creepy. Oh, same. Because my husband being a hunter, there are times where he has gone out and like put the camera to Mm -hmm. see like the deer that comes by and stuff. And occasionally you get snaps of like weird 
creepy looking things and you're like what the heck and he's mm-hmm. like oh that's just a coyote and i'm like but that doesn't look like it would be and it's like well they're go fast and <laughs> or you see random people that find the site and they like see the camera and they get their face all up in it you're like, just, ah! like stop this is too blair witch for me i know i don't like it so i haven't watched it i think it's a little creepy but mm-hmm. um it's cl- from the the still, it, there it's the trees, mm-hmm. and the trees have wide enough distance that you can tell something is there behind right. the trees. Now I don't know if it's a dude dressed up and mm-hmm. they're just putting a hoax on, but anyway. So a North Carolina man claims he captured footage of three Bigfoot creatures watching him in the woods. Um, his Murph. name is Doug Teague of Hickory. Explained that he was. Um, Oh, this was, he explained as he posted this to the Catawba Valley Bigfoot Research Facebook page that he was out in the woods last month trying to retrieve some game cameras when he heard a knocking sound. And at first he thought it was woodpeckers. Then a rock was thrown at him. Okay. He said his dog, Crazy Daisy, chased the rock. Crazy Daisy. Crazy Daisy, I'm over the moon for you. Sorry. Um, <laughs> when he looked to see who had thrown it, he spotted the three ape-like cryptids. And then he said, I was like a giddy school kid, just nervous, heart beating. It was crazy. The footage wasn't clear. Of course. But it showed something moving on the other side of a set of trees. Teague said he has about 10 minutes of footage of the creatures in the forest. He told the Hickory Record that he regularly goes out in search of Bigfoot, often bringing snacks into the forest in an attempt to lure them. They I was lo- going to say, is this someone who already believed in Sasquatch? Yes. Or is this someone who, a non-believer who has been turned a believer? So no, he's a believer. This immediately casts suspicion. By the way, Sasquatch is, I found through finding this article, Sasquatch mm-hmm. is northern uh u.s and canada mm-hmm. bigfoot is more southeastern so they each have their own jurisdiction <laughs> apparently they <laughs> use their own words um but apparently bigfoot creatures like granola bars apples mushrooms turnips and moon pies they like so sweets. the same things that bears like Shh. <laughs> i'm pissing off so many people right now <laughs> Do I like to apologize to the Bigfoot believing community? <laughs> Pretty dang. I do uh, not believe in Bigfoot. I'm sorry. And if there is one, I'm hoping it is like Harry and the Hendersons, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and if you've never seen that movie, go watch it. Because it's really funny and awkward at the same time. Oh, my favorite things. Um, And then he said he's spotted Bigfoot four times and he also made casts of footprints. Okay. And he says, quote, they are there, people. They're there, and we need to respect them. Okay. (laughs) Speaking of the polite southern (laughs) face, that's just like, uh uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, I love how you're like, so basically they like the same food as bears. And I'm just like, shh, don't, don't, don't try to give it away. Hmm. A bear wouldn't like a moon pie, Sarah. Not at all. No living creature would love a yummy graham crackery soft cookie with a marshmallow in the middle dipped in wonderful chocolate. Mm. I mean, who would eat that? I'd eat that off the ground in the forest. 
Nom, 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 With nom, granola nom. bars and apples. The mushrooms and... I mean, I don't like mind turnips, but... a great picnic, but actually. I wouldn't mind it. I mean, leave out the mushrooms. I'd be happy with the rest of it, as long as the I'll turnips t- I'll, are cooked. I'll, I'll eat the sautéed mushrooms, as long as they're cooked. Okay, as long as the turnips are, are good and boiled, it has greens with them. Mm-hmm. I gotta have the greens. Otherwise... We're, we're very high-maintenance Bigfoots. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, I mean, if you're gonna eat turnips, you need to eat the greens. You need the fiber to go with uh, the mm-hmm. hardiness of the turnips. Everyone knows that. Duh. Anyway, oh, they're out special. there, Sarah. They're out there. And we need to respect them because they're going to throw a rock at you. Okay. So, Loch Ness Monster, big giant eel, possibly. Bigfoot likes moon pies. I I will say the, the exact same thing that I said for the Loch Ness Monster. I think people see something, something. and they want it to be a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch. But... There are a million other completely plausible explanations. Like I said, I think in Loch Ness, it could potentially be like a giant eel. Mm-hmm. And it coming that one picture coming out of the water could potentially have been... Who knows? Yeah, it could it. be. Yeah, that. Um, Bigfoot could be just a different kind of bear that we haven't identified. Or it could be just any other normal kind of animal whittling creature, and then you just see the right combination of shadows and hear noises that make yeah. you think they are. True. I don't believe Sorry it. Sorry to ring on y'all's parade. <laughs> All right. So that's where I'm just, I needed something lighthearted. Because mm-hmm. our topic today is kind of. Mm-hmm. No, good craps. Thank you. And I was like, let's let's just, I wanted to know, I actually, I kind of figured what your beliefs were, but I wanted to see if you believed or not. I figured mm-hmm. you would be like, take that middle road of, I think people believe that there's something there, but I don't really think there's something there. Middle road, kind of individual. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So, oh, just a little teaser about something else we have coming up. Um, We... As we mentioned many times before, are super excited about the very Brady renovation episodes that are coming on HGTV. And Pamela had the wonderful idea for us to do a series of mini-sodes where we just talk about what happened on previous episodes. So now I think the second episode comes out tonight. Yes. So I think starting next week, we'll be able to cover cover several of these. One and two, yeah. Yes. So we'll, we will sprinkle these in as we go through. So whether or not you're watching the series, I think you'll enjoy some of our surely ridiculous commentary and feedback on what we are seeing. And I think me and her, you, me and you have both seen like half of the first one. Yes. But we wanted to wait till we both fully had the experience. But I have to say, it is... It's a lot. It's what I thought HDTV would do and more. Yeah, it's HGTV, HGTV-ing at... 110 percent i won't get into it because we can talk about it later but and then who they have hosting it i'm like really her (laughs) so mean yeah so we will get (laughs) to it (laughs) sorry stay tuned yeah you you haven't if you haven't heard my bitchiness before stay tuned it's gonna be good y'all she can drink again (laughs) yes oh yes i will bring Bring, I'll bring wine coolers so I really can get shit-faced and be like, listen! We Oh, I still have a whole shelf in my fridge full of the wine coolers <gasps> that we did not finish from the last Seagram's? year. Seagram's? Yes. Oh, do you have any fuzzy navels left? Possibly. And that blue, whatever that blue junk was. Let's just was. go make sure it's not expired or something. 
<laughs> As my sweet best friend says, alcohol never expires. It just gets better. Uh, we'll find out. Seacrum says nowhere to go but up. <laughs> so stay tuned. And even if it's flat, I'll still drink it. Lady, what are we talking about this week? We are talking about the one thing that I feel like all of my mom friends talk about, but never, like, really talk about. Mm-hmm. And that is the mental load. Yes. Or the invisible load is also what I've also heard it called. Yes. And we did briefly touch on this back when we did our Endless Chores episode, and... I went back in my notes and pulled just a very basic description of what we mean by the uh, the mental load or the invisible load. Mm-hmm. So, women are often burdened with these so-called invisible tasks of the family. So, you know, there are the visible things like, you know, laundry, yard work, picking up the kids, groceries, all that stuff that, you know, spouses might split up in different ways and stuff like that. But often, the mothers are also tasked with the things that people don't even realize that they're doing or realize that are being done behind the scenes, like arranging and planning all family celebrations, including gift purchasing and wrapping, party planning, remembering Mm. to call family members on their birthdays, Mm. things like that. Mm. Family holidays, uh, camp or summer summer activity signups, managing carpools, managing the kids' social calendars, the parents' social calendars, Meal planning, babysitters, paperwork, like permission slips and all the stuff that goes to school, uh, doctor or dentist or vet appointments, you mm. know, making sure that there's enough toilet paper stocked and mm. that everyone has the right size clothes for whatever they're growing in or out of and making sure that all the basic necessities are met and that everyone is emotionally stable. You see my face? Yeah. So these are all important things and they're necessary things, mm-hmm. but it's the, it's not only the doing of these things, but it's the remembering that they have to be done. That is the mental load. The constant running checklist in my mind. Yes. Yes. And also, you know, some people, including many well-meaning spouses will say, well, you know, I do a lot around the house. I'm sure you do. But how much of it is because you took the initiative versus... And you had it on your mind. Your wife slash mother, or sorry, wife slash the mom... Partner, whoever. Partner had to tell you or ask you to do it. The way I really kind of figured out what the mental load was, I'd always... I think every mom kind of inherently knows it exists, but maybe until someone really puts it into words, you're like, oh, yeah, that is true. Um, I... Stumbled across a cartoon. It's become pretty famous by now, and it's called um, "You Should Have Asked." Yes, I have a, I have a, I saved a link to it mm-hmm. for to put on our website in case anybody wants to look at it. Yes, later. it it is brilliant and fantastic, and I'm going to read a portion of it. Yes, because I think it really greatly just elaborates on the situation. So it's it's called "You Should Have Asked" by Emma Clit or Clits, I think. Yeah. So, it says, back when I was in my first college job, a colleague invited me to dinner. When I got there, she was trying to feed her kids while preparing our meal. Have a seat. I'll be right there, she said. Okay. 
And then she it shows her in the kitchen trying to get her kids to take make an effort to eat their dinner. And after a while, the part the pot that she had left on the stove started to overflow, and everything spilled onto the floor. Mm-hmm. Her husband goes into the kitchen, and goes, "Oh no! What a disaster! What did you do?" And she turns and looks at him with demon eyes and says, "What do you mean? What did I do? I did everything. That's what I did." And he goes, "But." You should have asked. I would have helped. It's a scene that must seem familiar to many new parents. And I thought it said a lot about how things get organized at that stage in our lives. Mm-hmm. When a man expects his partner to ask him to do things, he's viewing her as the manager of the household chores while he is merely an underling. So it's up to her to know what needs to be done and when. The problem with that is that planning and organizing things is already a full-time job and i'll stop there because it it goes on and on it has many more examples but i think that really paints a good picture of what we're talking about Mm -hmm. yeah so that's what we're going to dig into today yes i do want to say i know you stopped at that point but i Mm want to say that she also mentions that in this comic um at work once i started managing projects i quickly stopped participating in them Mm -hmm. i I didn't have the time. And the reason I bring that up is that's an argument I have a lot with my husband because mm-hmm. he's like, well, you, you're always busy and you never, just, and like even my daughters bring up, like you never have time to just spend time with us or watch a movie with us or do this or do that. And he's like, you know, you just need to sit down. And I'm like, then who's going to do this? Right. This is what, and it's like, but that's not that big of a deal. And so I approached my researching of this is what affects it mm-hmm. does to a woman overall. And by extension to a relationship, I'm sure. Yes. And then how can we, as women, propose... Um, a rebalancing? E- yeah, an equalizing of the mental load. Mm-hmm. Like, what can we do? Cool. Um, I found a really good article on that, and it also had a link to a guide on how to start the conversation um a lot of them said to show them the comic and tell them before they look at the comic to open it with open mind like open mind Mm -hmm. i do want to also say from this one research that i i found hold on sorry i just want to get to the end of it okay we are we are mainly talking about heterosexual couples because there are the distinct gender roles Mm mm-hmm But this one article that I have from the New York Times also has a link on how sometimes the mental load can also happen in same-sex couples. And what should be done about that as well. But that's Mm -hmm. why we're... But it's more likely to be fair in that sense. Yes. I I know this is not in all cases, but I do remember, again, from our um, Endless Endless Chores episodes, that same-sex couples are more likely to have an equal balance of responsibilities with home and with kids just because there aren't those set gender roles and they actually had to have that conversation. Yeah. doesn't apply to everyone, but it's, that was just an interesting thing. I remember just an FYI. I just wanted to put it out there. We're not, we're yes. not trying to exclude just and, the way it is. And also this is not to, meant to be male bashing. We're not male bashing. It's, we're just calling it like we see it. And we're talking about the, mm, excuse me. We're talking about the research and just trying to help make it better. And also, 
this goes more into not so much mill bashing, more into society bashing because True. society is what really puts this load mm-hmm. onto a mother or a woman. Yes. And I have not a lot, but just a few points also on what causes this imbalance. So, you know, there's some people who might say that women are just naturally better at this kind of planning. Oh, that, I hate when they say that. Or, I'm sorry. Or that, you know, our brains are naturally better at multitasking so we can see, you know, all these different moving pieces. Um, but something that really stuck out to me is when I read, but we see that men are equally capable of carrying the mental load in both their jobs and their hobbies. And that really uh, struck a chord yeah. with me because, like, my husband is a huge car guy. You know, he is super talented, both with working on stuff and he manages a giant fleet of different levels of functioning vehicles that we own. Mm-hmm. And he can tell you at any given time what needs to be done on any one of them and with, like, great detail. So it's like, okay, I know you have that mental capacity. Why can't or don't you naturally extend that mental capacity toward the stuff that we're doing in our home and with our daughter. Yeah. And I'm the same way with my husband's business. Yeah. When he first said he was going to start on the business, because I not only do the house stuff, I do finances, everything else. I was like, I am not doing your finances for you. I'll help you get started. But Mm -hmm. nope, this is your baby. This is what you're going to do. And I turn around and he's like managing three separate accounts and going to seminars and figured Mm -hmm. out all this like budgeting thing. And like, oh, I'll help you. But I'm like, oh, you want to help me now after he keeps track of what what quotes he has out Mm -hmm. there, what stuff his customers want, like whether it's just mowing, etching, you know, he has all of that and he knows what needs to get done. He has it all in a notebook. He keeps all of that straight. But he can't remember, even if I write it on the calendar, that dance is on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't understand. And it's, it just, yeah. like, I have visuals for you. Mm-hmm. I can put it on your phone, too. Like I, And that's part of it, too, is I don't think it's always, I don't, actually, I think a lot of the time, it's not even that they aren't trying. No. Or they don't care. No, he cares. I know he cares. It's just something, some connection is not made for some reason. I think it's because, I mean, I hate to put it that way, but it's a societal thing that yep. his his mom did it all. Yep. And that's that's what my, my second of the two bullets under this is, is the imbalance is likely due to lifelong socialization. They don't notice these things because someone else has always taken care, taken care of these invisible details for them, and they might not even realize it. Yeah. They don't know what they don't know in this case. Yeah. So, like, in our living room, it's very cluttered. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. why don't you see? And he's like, well, I see it. I don't know where it goes. I bet you can figure it out. Or you can ask. We'll get to that later. And then there's, like, trash sitting around. I'm like, why can't you pick up the trash? Oh, I forgot. And I think it's because he had someone behind him always picking it up. Mm -hmm. And now he has me always picking it up. And I'm just like... And I, Matt and I have had many conversations over the years about this where, you know, I'm growing up, I was from a household where it was my mom, and my dad, and then me and my sister. So my dad lived in a household with three women. Yes. And I saw him be perfectly capable of cooking dinners, cleaning the house, doing not just his laundry, but women's laundry, which includes, you know, things you have to hang up and know how to dry this way or that way and different settings and stuff. So it's like... Oh, okay. I see it can be done. 
And that's why I have these same expectations for you, my husband, because that's the male example that was set for me. Mm. Whereas Matt grew up in a household where his mom was at home much more of the time. And so it was a little bit more of a traditional gender role split. My parents, um, sorry, dad, he didn't help with housework until I was way older. Mm -hmm. It was my sisters and I and my mom. And she pretty much did everything except the finances. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, there was times where I I know recently I asked her, I said, how, how did you do this with three kids? And she said, well, you know how I would be working somewhere. And then a couple months later, I would just quit. Well, because I just couldn't take it. I couldn't take doing home stuff and the job. She was like, I never could figure out a balance. And I was wow. like, really? I just thought you were just sick of, like, that job. And she's like, no, I never could find a balance. So I figured I got to figure something out. So I would take a break, and then I would find something else, thinking it's going to balance itself out, and it never would. And that's exactly the kind of drastic situation that people can end up in. That's the kind of conversation that our argument that our my husband and I have escalated to a few times where I'm like, well, I'll just quit my job. Mm-hmm. If you want a housewife, like just say it. Mm-hmm. Cause I can't do all I, of it. Cause it's two full-time jobs. It is. If you're expected to do all of both. It is. And both are important jobs, it but is. it's a lot for one person to take on. And I'm losing my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I'm and, sorry. A, and again, this is not meant to be male bashing. It's just this is I want a dynamic to, that happens more often than not. I and want, it's important to talk about. I it. want him to hear it and not get defensive mm-hmm. and be a little more, which I think he's slowly coming around. Mm-hmm. We had an argument. And so I sent him a text message where I put, is it? Is it not enough that I do, and I put X, Y, and Z, like Mm -hmm. I listed all of the things that I do Mm -hmm. and keep track of for me to have to also have this on my plate? And Mm -hmm. he was like, okay, I understand. Yeah. And I just want him to see it. Mm -hmm. And he is doing better with coming up to me saying, how can I help? Mm -hmm. It's not all the time, but like, I was late coming here. And he was eating because he got home late from work. Mm-hmm. And I was letting him eat. And I said, hi, are you done eating yet? So you could take over feeding Brianna so I can go record. And he said, yeah, absolutely. And he came and did that. That's another thing that I need to know to do. It's not male bashing. I, I need to say, I need to learn to say, this is when I need help. Mm-hmm. And I need to stop expecting him to assume that I know I'm going yeah. out of my mind too. It's, it's a... It's tricky because, and again, we'll get into this when we talk about oh, like, yeah. tips for how to like address some of these situations. It's the reminding, which is half of the mental load again. Mm-hmm. So it's like, even if you tell someone, you know, hey, can you do blah, blah, blah for me? And if they don't do it right away, then you're stuck still having to monitor, okay, did that task actually get done? Am I having to nag you and not having to ask you? And it's the truly handing over the mental load is not only just the task in and of itself is done, but the monitoring and the overall management of it has been handed over. That's when you officially take the load off someone's plate. Not just, oh, well, you set the table for me this one time. It's, oh, every day when I happen to be cooking dinner, can you keep an eye out? And when it starts to get close to time, just go and set it on your own kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. 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 It's eventually getting there. 
Mm-hmm. But so I really want to hear what you have about the impact that this has on okay. people. So I found this one article and it's off of the website Mashable, mm-hmm. but it's from a study and it was published very recently back in January, January of this year. Okay. And from that study, it overall finds that um, the mental load, or here they label it as invisible labor, leaves women feeling empty. I buy that. I completely buy that. Um, So they define it as two different things. So the mental load is always trying to remember what needs to be done, what is left to do, what could be done better in regards to housework, childcare, finances, etc. And then they also put it as invisible labor is a benign way of describing the never ending, sometimes soul crushing to do list that women manage in order to keep their children thriving and households running smoothly. So from this new study, and it's actually published in a journal called Sex Roles, um, the original data illustrate that this widespread phenomenon of visible labor actually has a depressing impact on a woman's emotional and psychological well-being. Mm-hmm. So overall, um, 393 American married or partnered mothers were surveyed. Many of them are upper middle class. And they say that they are like a resounding yes. Like pretty much all of them said yes. This this depresses the crap out of me. Makes mm-hmm. me feel really empty. And near ninety percent of the participants say that they bore sole responsibility for organizing their family's how ho- like household schedules. Mm-hmm. And this includes like the gift giving, the grab bags for parties. They have this like finding someone's socks, coordinating rides to and from practices. Um, and then the author writes, or all that nonsense that keeps churning around in our heads all the time. Yeah. While also being solely in charge of household routines and tasks was associated with a certain level of misery, <laughs> those responsibility mm-hmm. didn't seem to influence any psychological well-being. So, like, right. you have all of this misery, but you have to do this stuff. And even after you get it accomplished, you don't have that sense of fulfillment. Right. And the lack of irritability in the women's responses made it difficult to evaluate the results next to a comparison group because mm-hmm. they were all just all high and there's nothing to compare to. Everyone answered the same, basically. Yeah. Which kind of depresses you a little bit more. It does. Yeah. But it shows that it's a pretty, I think it's safe to say that it's a pretty universal feeling and situation that women face. Yeah. And then they also want to define what it means to be solely in charge with handling their child's well-being, a child's well-being. Right. Because some people are like, well, I fed them and I put them to bed. It's mm-hmm. more like being attentive to their emotions and relationships. Yes. Um. Nope. Sorry. I read this wrong. They were saying that. How dare you? I know. They were saying that when women are solely in charge with handling their child's well-being. Mm-hmm. It can lead to lower satisfactions with their partner or spouse in their life. Yeah. As well as feelings of emptiness. Yeah. Being, feeling like you're the only person taking care of it. Cause, and that makes total sense because you are, you and your spouse are supposed to be a partnership. And if you feel like you are bringing more to the partnership than the other person is, it, even if you don't want it to, you, you start harboring feelings of resentment because you just see what you're doing and don't feel like they're bringing the same amount to the table. Yes. And I have in therapy, it's been like, 
if you don't get the anger out, if you don't get the emptiness out, it will lead to resentment. And yes. from studies and just conversations, actually resentment is more of the start, the leading cause of a divorce than anything. Yeah, because it just, it festers. It festers. And then, and then you find something else. Every little thing just bothers you. Yes. And you, mm, yeah. Or it could lead you to doing something wrong. Yeah. So, I mean, there's different things mm-hmm. that it can lead or to. Or saying hurtful things or just exactly. any number of things. Yeah. So, and then they also said two-thirds of the respondents say they were responsible for being vigilant of their child's emotions. And 78%, this kind of scared me, said that they were the parent who knows their child's teacher and school administrators. Right. It Kind of this, this analogy just pops into my head. And tell me if you agree with this or not. I'm kind of seeing it as the difference between... Women are like the at-home security system who's always monitoring just to make sure everything is okay. Whereas I think men in the traditional role are the cops who show up when called, but they're (laughs) not going to be constantly monitoring. Yeah, I think that's a good analogy. At least for the emotional piece of it, I think. I think. Yeah, I think that's good. And again, not all couples, not all people. Yeah. But according to... The classic scenario that this is describing. Yes. Another thing is, is that that the researchers found is that in this situation, women felt unconditionally loved and accepted, as well as how they were viewed their intimacy or lack of intimacy with their partners. Right. So, guys, if you're listening to this and you wonder why she she ain't giving it up, she ain't getting hugs. Let me tell you, you're not getting kisses. It makes when all you're the angry, in the world. Yeah. you know. Um, I actually listened to a really good podcast. It's a mom centered podcast as well. Mm-hmm. But one topic was it was basically how how do you get your sex life back after baby, right? And she she was a psychologist, a mother, mm-hmm. and a family therapist. And she said women and men look at sex differently. Yes, men. It truly is a physical need. Yeah. I mean, that's the way they look at it. It's a physical need. And it's also a physical gateway to intimacy. To intimacy and to emotions. Yes. Women, once we become mothers especially, Mm -hmm. we start having the checklist. And so we think caring for my family, caring for my children, caring for my house, this, you know, these are, these things should be seen as love. Yeah. And emotion and intimacy. And I'm just pushing sex further down. That's part of it. And also, I think it's women, we need to have the emotion first. We need to feel connected to you emotionally yes. before we literally want to connect with you physically. But that's why it's harder because if you, all you have is that checklist and you don't have that connection emotionally, mm-hmm. you just move it further down the list. Yeah, because it's like... Um, where are all these other things that I need from you so before what we she can was, talk about so, this? So what she was trying to say is, like, husbands tap into that emotion. You may have to tap into that yes. emotion in order for you to get the physical to go to... Like, mm-hmm. it's 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 a two-way street. Because if you really both get is. to the place where you're both wanting sex, then everyone wins, everyone is happy, because that means that she will be feeling emotionally fulfilled leading up to that moment and then you will have both the physical release and then the after the aftermath well, and, and the, it, the physical and emotional connection that comes out of it for men and and sex isn't just intimacy is not just about sex because right. another thing the researchers touched on is 
women in general want a sounding board. We want to, and it's, I'm going to quote them directly, to feel like you're the only person making those decisions and you have a partner has got to be terrifying. Yeah. And so that really just kills intimacy because you feel like nobody's there for you. Mm -hmm. I have, I've had times like that in our marriage. It's very isolating. I felt like I am the one and only, and I may not have been, Mm-hmm. But that's how but I felt. felt. Yeah. So, and I, and I, and before anybody, I know we don't get a whole lot of emails, but it, before I get any hate mail, my husband, no, I am a vocalizer. Yeah. So you, he, you have an open conversation yes. about this. Yes. He has heard me gripe about this enough. So yes, he knows. Do you have anything you want to add on top of that? Well, um, I, I go, I have a couple other things I want to. I did just want to add, we, like I said, we talked about this a little bit during our endless chores episode which was you know less than a year ago probably or just right around a year ago because we haven't had this podcast for very long no and i was doing my research for this one and i was thinking back i remember just like the first time around i could feel the resentment bubbling under the surface as i was doing the research just because we were right in the thick of it at that time (laughs) and really trying to figure it out and this time I didn't really have that. And I could actually see leaps and bounds how Matt has grown in the past year. Can he it's, talk to my husband? Because as I'm writing that, I'm like, this is my arsenal. Keep in mind, we just have one right now. This is so that my makes ammo. it exponentially yes. easier. I have three. Call me back again in three months when yeah. we have another one in the I'll house. I'll call you after the holidays. But yeah, it, it and it's still not perfect. And there's still things that drive both of us crazy like right now because i'm pregnant i can't change the litter box or i'm really not supposed to oh yeah i know and Mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. and there has been poop on the floor and all around the litter box for days oh at least your cats do it there they don't go find somebody's random clothes on the floor and go crap on that yeah because that's what my cat one of these days they're gonna start doing that though or pee on it it's it's the like hey i'm trying not to nag you but it's like I physically can't do this. I need you to take care of it. And he did finally take care of it today. And again, it's it's not him trying to brush me off. It's not him trying to be like, oh, whatever. I'll get. To-. He's got a lot on his mind. It's not always visibly there where he sees it. And it's just, it is what it is. But there have been many times where, you know, he'll just unprompted will go unload the dishwasher. He will unprompted go change daisy's diaper and go ahead and get her in her jammies he still does not do a lot on the meal planning front he still doesn't do a lot on the grocery front unless i ask him but there are small things where a year ago the little things he wouldn't have picked up on and i would just be sitting there festering i'm shaking my head no because i don't know what that's i mean he will go if he hears brianna crying and he will check and see if she's wet or if she's pooped and he'll change her um, he will give her that last late night bottle so I can get to sleep because he knows I'm going to be up at four or five in the morning feeding her. Right. And we do that and I'm okay with that because I'm still on leave. Yeah. And he has to be at work and he gets our other two girls ready and he takes them and drops them off in the morning before he starts his day. Mm-hmm. So that's fine. But unloading the dishwasher? No. He's like, are these clean? And I'm like, yeah. And he'll open it up and he'll get that one glass one and he'll glass shut out. it. And, like, he will live like that. If it, if I wasn't around, he would live like that. And then once the dishwasher's completely empty and the sink's completely full, then he'll load it back up. 
And you laugh. But That's how Matt was with laundry. He's like, yep, when I was living by myself in my apartment, I would just take off the dirty clothes, put it into the directly into the washer. I would pull the clean outfit out of the dry dryer and once the dryer was empty i'd run the washer and start the whole process again yeah that's basically how he he lives except he has them all in our baskets and mm-hmm. they're all clean and he won't put them away and i'm like I although have, i'm stuck in that rut with our family i can't even lie well i mean it is i'm not I, i'm fine okay yeah. but i need a basket to do yeah. my laundry to do the girls laundry like free a basket so there's sometimes where i just get and unbelievably pissed off and i just shake it all on the floor and i'm like here buddy go pee you know i can't help it yeah um the vacuuming i think the biggest thing that me and him argue with is and i've told him before that this is insanely insulting to me is he will come to me and be like wow we really need to clean the ba- bathrooms Mm-hmm. Or we really need to scoop that cat litter. Mm-hmm. Or we really need to, you know, vacuum the floor. Or we really need to sweep. Or we really need to grocery shop. I'm like, do you grocery shop? Do you? Other than buying milk. Do you do that? Mm-hmm. Other than knowing that you need milk, not me and the girls need milk because we're lactose intolerant. So we have mm-hmm. to have different milk. Because he'll come in and he's got his regular 2% milk. Mm-hmm. I'm like, did you not notice that we needed milk too? That's what I'm saying. I'm like, where's this we? Yeah. I'm like, it's not fair. And I said, th- I finally just, and he, we would get into these humongous arguments. And he'd be like, fine, 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 whatever. And I finally told him the last time that I said it, it he's like, why do you get so upset? I said, because this is so insulting that you don't recognize what I do. Instead, you want to make it a team effort when it's not a team effort. Yeah. And he's starting to see now that it's. Because from his point of view, he's just trying to bring up oh, I see something that needs to be done. But when you, the mother, the wife, are feeling like you are already taking care of everything. I already have the boulder on my chest. Exactly. And it's it feels like someone's saying, mm, you're not carrying that boulder quite right. Yeah. But then they're not offering to take it off your shoulders either. They're exactly. Just, they're pointing it out. I'm like, are you that stuff going? Is frustrating. I said, it's so insulting and frustrating. I said, you're not going to go to the grocery store. I said, how would you feel if I walked around the house and I'm like, Let's see, we painted that half bathroom in March. Mm -hmm. We still don't have a mirror up in there. When's that going to get done? You know, like, are we going to do this? Are we? I mean, what -hmm. if I did that? So that's, we're still in the thick of that. And it's. It's a really hard balance to work. And I said, we we haven't figured it all out by any means. No, and he, but I'm saying he grew up with a mom who completely stayed at home. That was her job. Yeah. My mom was working slash trying to carry it all, so I saw her stressed 90% Mm -hmm. of the time. And I don't want to be this frazzled ball. So I have, I'll be honest with you, I have started to let some things go. So I don't keep track of his family's birthdays. Sorry. Um, I don't keep track of Mother's Day and Father's Day for him. Mm -hmm. Sorry. It is the second weekend of May, fellas, and it is the third weekend in June. That's your mom and dad. You get them something. Mm -hmm. So I have let something like Christmas. That's your mom and dad. You get them something. Mm -hmm. I buy for my family. I coordinate Christmas for our kids. I get your stuff. Before, I used to get everybody's thing and you just shop for me. Mm -hmm. That's not fair. I used to get, I mean, like, I'm talking teachers and I still Mm -hmm. do all of that. But then I just let go of his family. And I don't mean anything insulting by just his family. Mm -hmm. Because I love his family, 
But I had to let go of something. Yeah. And if there's anything he should remember, it's, it's his, his family. family. Yeah. Not I actually, not mine. That's one of the suggestions that I that came up mm-hmm. on my my tips for rebalancing. So it's it's actually yes. cool that you say that. And then he also, every now and then, he'll bring up, like, I really want us to go to the beach. And I'm like, okay, when are you planning that? Mm-hmm. And there's a quiet moment. And I'm like, when are you? Mm-hmm. Because I'm not doing that. Yeah. Because I'm taking care of everything else yeah the example that i think of most with matt is like a smaller scale of that where you know we have an app for daycare where they post you know stuff that happens throughout the day and they also post on there when we need to bring more wipes or more diapers i think that's nice i still get pieces of paper and matt will see on the when i notice it on the app i just go and grab a pack of diapers and put it with my purse to take in the next day when matt sees it he goes Oh, hey, Sarah, They the daycare says they need more uh, diapers and wipes. Okay, go ahead and grab some. Yep. Oh, okay. It's like, for some reason, that's stuck in his mind. Sarah needs to take care of that, so I'll just tell her instead of, when I see it, I'll just go do it. So Yes. Like, even if I'm going to be taking her in the next day, you can still go grab the pack of diapers and put it with my stuff. That's fine. But just, like... It's 10 feet away from where we're currently sitting. You can't go get it yourself. Yes. Um, Yeah. And there's one thing that I want to also from this study bring home is what we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. They actually strongly encouraged it. It's not necessarily venting, but they called it mothering mothers Mm -hmm. where other mothers uh, give each other the very best of what we think. So Mm -hmm. we we can solicit advice if needed be tender kind thoughtful honest empathetic empathetic even also give boundaries towards it you know like i'll discuss only this stuff with this person Mm -hmm. um but also don't feel like this is something else you have to put on your to-do list Mm -hmm. and they were saying so prioritize what absolutely needs to be taken care of Mm -hmm. so my family hates the clutter in my house, mm-hmm. but it's just it's just having to be there because I, I told my mom the other week, I was like, Mom, I've just had to let it go. Food, clothing, shelter. Yes. Those are my priorities right now. I can't think of anything else or I will start crying. Mm-hmm. And so we he knows we're in the thick of it. I've tried to describe the mental load to him and he hasn't gotten it. He mm-hmm. gets kind of defensive. So I'm hoping... Not tonight when I go home, but I mm-hmm. mean, like, maybe in a couple of days I can plop this in front of him and be like, this is what I mean. Yeah. And I think he's slowly starting to come around, but I know that his business takes a lot of his time as well. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's just one of those things. He has yeah. been making, sorry, cut you off. He has mm-hmm. been making more time with our daughters. It was like work, 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 work. And I had them with me. It felt like 24-7. Right. And then he would come home and be like, hey, like after I had put them to bed, fed them, put them, bathed them, put them to bed for like the fourth night in a row, come mm-hmm. home at like 10, 1030 and be like, hey, are we going to? And I'm like, no, no, no. And he's and, you know, he always does that. I miss you. I'm like, well, I don't miss you because I've been doing this all by myself for the last four or five days. So I'm starting to think I can do it on my own. You know, mm-hmm. And I'm like, so he has been like we came home from my parents after being there all day yesterday and the girls were like we really want to go to the park and he's like i'll take them to the park brianna hadn't really had a good nap i was slam tired 
Because for some reason, no one wanted to sleep Saturday night. Mm. And he's like, it's Saturday night of all nights. Come on. And so I just laid on the couch and binge watched PV on Netflix Mm -hmm. and stuff. And I texted him and I said, I'm sorry, but I really want to be lazy right now. And he wrote back, you be lazy. Mm -hmm. And I think that's another thing is in this article of equalizing, they also cite a study where the joke, male uh, dirt blindness, is not a thing. Um, the new study shows that men see the dirt or they see the clutter the same way women do, but they're not judged negatively for having a messy house or undo housework like women are. That's Wow, that's absolutely true. And I get that all the time from my family. Mm-hmm. I love my family. If y'all, if I, they do listen, I love y'all. But I get that. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't. Or he does, but they don't say that to him. They say it to me. Right. And there's also that feeling of, like, I'm coming, I come over here to record, mm-hmm. and I get, where are the kids? Wherever you left them. Um, they're at home with their dad. Well, is he going to put them to bed? Yes. <laughs> I also had people. He can parent his own children. Well, I've also had people, and I mean not even family, like friends, be like, well, where are the kids? I'm like, they're at home with Mark. Well, what are they going to do for dinner? Like, I don't know. I guess he'll just throw some hot dogs I'm at him. rolling my eyes so hard right now. I mean, I'm talking about not f- family. I'm talking like some other people that are like, what is your husband going to do? <gasps> and I love to, I love to use this analogy. Well, the man made it through warfare in the deserts of Iraq. <laughs> I think he can feed our small children. Mm-hmm think he can do it. I think he is up to the task. If all he does is run up to to Chargrill or Snoopy's or Cookout and just get a bunch of hot dogs, that'll make him happy. And mm-hmm. I don't care as long as they're fed. So he can do this. Yeah. He might not be able to cook very well, but he can do this. Oh, yeah. And he knows it. And I have firm faith in that. Mm-hmm. But it's just funny how they say that. So that's why I'm like the man survived combat in the deserts of Iraq. In the in the beginnings of the Iraq war, I think he can handle this. He can handle three small ladies. I think he can handle our six and three year old. <coughs> Though there are some days, like this past week, where our three year old was a complete menace that I didn't think I could could survive. Thank you so much for listening. Our theme music is by Yov Aliagon. Be sure to check out the Motherhood on Tap page on Facebook. If you enjoyed today's episode, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcast. It really helps to get the word out about the show. You can subscribe and follow Motherhood on Tap on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and most other podcast apps. If you have questions or funny stories, you can email us at motherhoodontap at gmail.com. Partner with us on Patreon.com for special bonus episodes and help keep this podcast and the two of us in business. Till next time. time.